Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon and welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, and it's so great to be in the studio seeing Anthony, my executive producer here today, as well as just being out and about in 50 degree plus weather. Does this not feel wonderful? So we are here live in the studio. And as you know, I will take on any questions having to do with your pets. Uh, We do like to concentrate on uh, veterinary concerns, if at all possible, just because uh, we do have uh, a trainer, Lori Fass, who will be on next week. And we all alternate our shows here. Uh, But again, I will be happy to take any calls having to do with your pets. And you are the reason I'm here on Saturday afternoons. I always bring try to bring the best uh, updated information and some of the health concerns and some of the things you might be reading about in the in the media. But this is about you sharing some of your questions, as well as whatever you present here on the on the radio. So many people have told me over the years that I've learned so much from the show just based on what people um, are asking when they call and your answers and your reply. So as I said, I'm from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And if you cannot get on the air today, um, I would recommend that you can always call me um, at work. Uh, Call us on, preferably not a Monday, but we also have a website that you can reach us to as well, and that's BloomfieldAnimalHospitalCT.com. Very, very easy. We have a great staff that monitors to that, and they will bring those questions to me. But again, we're here to talk about what's going on with you and your pets. And I already have Joe that has a a great question. But I just want, before I get to you, Joe, I just want to make sure that we outline what we're going to kind of look at today uh, around the questions, around the next hour. And because it is Valentine's Day and because it's Super Bowl Sunday coming up, there's certain things I thought we could touch on having to do with heart disease. If you specifically have a dog or cat that's dealing with some heart concerns. Happy to answer those questions, but I'm all about prevention. What can we do to prevent our pets from having troubles with their hearts? Some of it is out of our control. Some of it is genetic. Some of it has to do with um, certain breeds of dogs are a little bit more prone to something like pulmonic stenosis or sometimes just congestive heart failure itself. But again, we are here to make sure that you know, you know what you can do, what you do have control. And that's 
including diet, weight control, exercise, and I would emphasize to the regular exams. Uh, you know, I know because of COVID, some of you have been working with telehealth with your with your veterinarian. We still predominantly are seeing all our patients. Um, we're still doing curbside service, but I think this spring that's, we're going to be able to change that. But there is nothing like putting our hands on your pet's we don't wear that stethoscope around our necks just to look cool. I listen to every single pet that comes through that door. I listen to their heart because we can pick up early signs of heart disease, something that we've uh, that you don't notice. Um, again, we, we know that it can be a silent killer. But when I do pick up a heart murmur, and we'll explain a little bit differently what a heart murmur is, it's something that I let the owners know and let them just be aware and what we can do to make sure that we follow through on why this pet specifically has a heart murmur that they didn't have six months ago or didn't have two years ago. So we're going to talk a little bit more about heart disease, but as promised, this is a show for you and your pets and your questions. So Joe, you are up first. How are you today? Joe, Got yes. me? Okay, yes. I'm sorry. I missed the first part of that. So sorry. I says, how are you? I'm doing great. How 55 degrees driving around today? <laughs> I know, a great day. Yeah, yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. What's the earliest age a puppy can receive their final parvo vaccination? That is a good question. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that vaccinating puppies does have a lot to do with the age versus, okay, my dog got, my puppy got two shots of this. Yeah, I know, so it's I know. Not, all right, but a lot of the audience doesn't necessarily know. So I, right now, we'd like that last vaccine to be between 14 and 16 weeks. Okay. Having said that, because we have seen so many dogs that are coming from the South that are in these kind of shelter situations, there are some um, that are recommending, and these are people that are, specialize in vaccination. These are people that are at the veterinary hospitals. They're recommending in certain situations, maybe go up to 20 weeks. Because again, what we're trying to do, which I know you you understand this, Joe, but I, uh, what we're trying to do is time that last vet, veterinary injection of Parvo or distemper um, before the, while at the same time while the mother's antibodies that she passed on to the puppy are dropping. And we're finding that some of these antibodies are dropping late, later than earlier. Does that explain? Does that answer the question? Yeah, and also I know, I recall to your pharmaceutical company, I guess like the COVID vaccination is 10 to 20 days after the final vaccination. Um, I, I lost you. Did you say I, oh, COVID? I called, I called the vaccination company. For it takes 10 to 20 days after the final vaccination for a dog to be fully protective. Yeah, and I think that it depends on, you're talking specifically Parvo. Parvo, well, it's all the same shot, right? Usually it's a, it's a Parvo, the separate shot. Right? Yes, yeah. Or the same one. Right, right. I, and I think, again, you're getting a booster. So even after that first vaccine, we know there's some protection that's there. And that booster, just like what we're people that are getting vaccinated for COVID, that booster is just going to get that level up higher. And yes, if you're going to put a puppy in a room with 10 other dogs that that's have the, Parvo, you you want that protection as high as possible. And, and I also know that I've read, I think, round hairy dogs like a Doberman yeah. or a Rottweiler, mm -hmm. sometimes they're recommending a fourth shot of that for whatever reason. Right. The reason why I ask this, I go to places not just you know, walking on the street uh -huh. where there's People bring their dogs, a wooded area, dog park, whatever, 
And how old is your dog? 14. You shouldn't bring him here. Oh, he's fully vaccinated. And, yeah. You know, it's just... You know, and Joe, that's why this question is so valuable, because we do spend the time at our hospital to explain to owners why they need to come back again and why we do not recommend that they expose their dog to other dogs um, until a certain age. Um, You know, obviously, a no brainer is you want that puppy vaccinated for rabies before you go out and, um, you know, venture out into a dog park or like you said, even uh, walking around in the woods. I mean, just be patient. Let this dog be fully vaccinated, be fully protected from these diseases that are potentially fatal. We know puppies that die from parvo, distemper, rabies. Oh, I know. And and on top of it, I mean, okay, I mean, what I do with my puppy, when he was, when he had three second shot, I waited about 10 days. Mm-hmm. I believe I did that time with him. And then mm-hmm. I would walk him on the street and stuff like that. If I wanted to socialize, when that's important, I used to carry him. Right. I used to carry him to stores and everything. Right. Uh, you know, and I, as far as going to a dog park, no, I didn't until he's fully protected and everything. But I see these places, the dogs, oh, yeah, he, he, he's protected. And I... I'm a little excitable. I start losing it. You <laughs> yeah, know, we've, you know. we've had conversations. I do know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I start losing it. It's just like, don't tell me, you know, it's not fully protective. It's just, you know. No, but you know what? But you are a great advocate for these, for our pets. And again, it's this is knowledge that sometimes, I mean, and sometimes we in the veterinary profession are to blame. We're busy too, and we don't always explain it to owners. Um, sometimes I know I don't always put that in my, when I'm talking to owners about, you know, what they need to do for their next step, but I try to. And again, you know what happens sometimes, too? Well, I got to talk to my wife. He brought him there. Well, why don't you talk to your wife before when, when she got home and everything? Well, why don't you want your wife tell you? Right. I, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to lose. I'm going to get arrested one of these days. <laughs> well, again, I don't want that. I won't. The way I guess I, I don't know if counting to 10 is going to help us. But again, you're just we're just trying to. And that's, again, why I do this on Saturdays, you know, is to educate and to say, listen, and there's you can listen to this show. You know, if you go back onto the, the website for the Odyssey website and they do save these shows so you know when you see people say listen just go to you know february what is today 11th show with you know 12th with dr dennis and she'll this is from the expert so but doctor, you know, they have a computer in their pocket you would think they rec- or, you know, they research this i understand i mean if you're, you're coming you know you're bringing a creature into your environment and everything you think you would read you have a computer in your pocket you don't right. have to you know Right. Anyway. And, and that's why, again, some of these things that I'm going to be talking about a little bit later today are things that I have talked about five years ago, 10 years ago sometimes. Um, but because yeah, so many people, but so many people, this is their first year or, or going into 18 months of having a pet and they don't know some of these things that we need to uh, address. And, and, and again, it's all about communication and education. And that's what we're here for. And i I know, Joe, you get very passionate about this, but um, I, I'm glad you're on our side. But, but the earliest is uh, four, is 14 or 15, and that's your, that's an outside. Uh, yeah, like that's saying what they're finding now. They're even they're really saying 18, 19. That's what I did before. Yes. They, 18, 19, yes. for the most part. Yes, and especially these dogs that are coming from you know any situations that are not particularly healthy. And, and there's a lot of question marks for these dogs that are coming up from the Midwest, that are coming from the South. You're not going to a, a, a breeder's home where you can see how well they're taken care of. So especially, you know, the, the parvo is jumping up there, but we're also seeing, I cannot tell you how many cases of distemper I have seen from people that pick up these puppies in the parking lot from these trailers mm. that come up South and they have distemper. And I can, and I don't, trust the paperwork that I see, but again, it's just, um, it's discouraging. Well, and- the bottom line is, there's a very good chance that puppy's 
mother never was probably vaccination either. Right, exactly. So she had no protection to start off and everything. Exactly, that's true, I was in too. a store, I, I, I reap asked this guy, more than once, someone he knew, his godchild, whatever, got a French bulldog. Um, I think he said it was from Missouri. I said, yeah, so you got it from a, he got it from a pet store. According to him, it cost, and I re- asked him more than once, not 13000 Oh, my gosh. To get the dog well again. I says, 1300 No, 13000 To get him better. Yeah, no, that, and that's why these dogs are staying in the hospital. They're hooked up to IVs. They're having all sorts of tests. So, hey, listen, Joe, thank you so uh, much. I got to. I'll be out there. I'll, I'll be oh. running my mouth. <laughs> okay, it's good talking thank with you. you. Be safe. You God bless. T- bye now. Bye bye now. Yeah, Joe is my passionate one, and I love, like I said, love having him on my side. But this is a time we have to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more pet talk. WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back. You are listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. And as our intro music here, our bumper music is telling us, we're talking about heart disease today in time with Valentine's Day. So I want to first, uh, again, thank you, Justin Levine, for helping us with the bumper music. He's kind of makes sure, give him the topic of what we're talking about and uh, chooses three great songs that uh, always seem to add a little lift to the show. If you have a phone call that, or I'm sorry, you have a question and you'd like to call us, please call us at 860-522-9842, or you can call 800-966-9842. And as you know, 9842 corresponds to WTIC. This show is about you and your calls. So please, the phone lines are open and I would love to talk to you about anything having to do with your pets. Some of you, I saw so many people out there walking, walking with their dogs and biking. Um, and you could just see everyone was smiling. You know, there's some smiling on the faces because people are obviously you can see they're not wearing masks while they're outdoors. But um, and the dogs tails are up in the air. I also saw on the way over a uh, right ran right in front of my car um, is uh, a bobcat. It was the biggest, healthiest looking bobcat I've seen um, in a long time. I live in Simsbury, so we're, we tend to see the bobcats, the coyotes, the bear. Um, a lot of the bear cubs will be coming out shortly too. So they're the wild, we live with the wildlife in, um, in, in Simsbury, as well as many of you do in your towns. And just that was a reminder that you know, I really do think that our dogs and cats should not go out by themselves. They, uh, some of these, um, we've seen coyotes actually just whisk even cats away, um, take them away from their own, you know, being out in the backyard, even dogs is um, good size like Jack Russell. So it's just devastating when it happens. And even if the, they do not remove the pet from your property, I've seen some horrible fights and I've seen dogs succumb to severe injuries from, from coyotes. So just be careful. Uh, we do have leash laws for a reason. Uh, and again, just know that this can happen in a quick second and then you end up living with that guilt forever. So, all right, but back to talking about your heart. How are we going to keep your heart healthy? And we talked about the diet and um, exercise, but weight control is the most important 
uh, aspect. We know that we, especially with felines and canines, it does tend to add to congestive heart failure. It tends to had had add to their risk. With there's also been, and we don't really have a strong update, but you probably have heard about couple of years ago, there was the FDA had a warning about grain-free diets in dogs causing dilated cardiomyopathy. And it's something that I would have the discussion with your veterinarian. We haven't had a real strong update with that. And it, we know that grain-free diets are something that have become more and more popular on the market. So, you know, I'm not necessarily uh, an advocate. I don't know that it's necessarily grain-free diets are adding to the health of our pets. I am always concerned when we try to take our human health concerns and just kind of correlate it with what pets need because we are not, you know, we are not related to to canines and felines. So I, I just would rather you have that conversation. If you feel there's a reason why you want to put your pet on a grain-free diet, please, First, have that conversation and see if that's something your veterinarian um, would recommend as we kind of try to figure all this out. Uh, because, again, I know in my, my heart and in my mind that you only want to do what's best for your pets. The other re- way we can take care of good heart, heart health is the heartworm situation. Many of you that have dogs are using a heartworm preventative on a regular basis. Heartworm is real. I have treated several cases. This is where dogs actually, well, dogs mainly this year, that have these heartworms living in their heart. And it's a horrible treatment. It's not easy on the pet, but yet it's so easily prevented. It's a preventable disease. And this is both for dogs and cats. This is a disease that's transmitted by a mosquito bite. And, um, I mean, the mosquito actually has to be carrying the, the, the microfilaria of the worm itself, but you... If we can give them a preventative that's safe, and uh, some of these preventatives do have ivermectin in it, and uh, that's a a drug that you've heard about uh, in the news lately over the last couple of years, but we need the ivermectin for our pets to make sure that we prevent this heartworm disease, and cats as well. 25% of cats that are considered indoor cats are um, the bulk of the heartworm cases we see in cats. So even though I've will recommend a product to go home with an owner or they can get this medication on a preventative basis that's, again, completely safe. Many times people will say, well, my cat's indoors, but yet he goes out on the patio or he go, he just hangs around the house. Mosquitoes come in the house. So, again, conversations to have for your veterinarian. I, you know, We were talking to Joe earlier, talking about getting being passionate uh, about veterinary medicine. I'm passionate about prevention. If we can prevent something, why are we going to allow our pets to succumb to something like this? So that's also another way that we can keep our our pets' hearts nice and healthy. If you do have um, a heart, um, a discussion about a heart murmur in your pet, what do you do next? The next thing I would recommend for my patients that we usually go to the next step, which is usually something called an echocardiogram. And when we listen to the heart, a heart murmur, we have a grade. And yes, the grading is subjective, but when the same doctor is listening to it, you can be pretty sure. If I'm the doctor that's listened to the heart 
Three years ago, no murmurs. Two years ago, I'm hearing a grade one. One is the least murmur and six is the worst. And then the present year, I'm now hearing a grade three. There is my first recommendation is definitely let's let's see what that heart looks like. Let's do an echocardiogram. It's not um, invasive. That's the right word. You're not putting anything inside your pet. You're just going ahead and, and it's something that's all external, but you can actually see the heart pumping. You can see the valves. You can see the thickness of the heart muscle and it's just such a great tool. And even if the heart looks healthy, we can determine why there's the murmur, but we have a baseline. So if your veterinarian, again, recommends let's do an echocardiogram, I would highly, highly recommend that you you follow up on that. I know it's a cost and I know there's a fee, but most of the time our pets are so um, comfortable with this with this test that they don't need to go under anesthesia necessarily. We have a handful of cases that when we do the echocardiogram, sometimes we have to give them just a light sedative just to keep still. But usually they lie on their side and we get a nice reading of their heart. And it's just such a great, great tool. X-rays are also something that may be recommended. But if you are like kind of balancing what your your um, budget is, what, what, what you have in your budget at any given time for your pets, I would always choose the echocardiogram over the next ray to first get started with doing some baseline um, readings on the, on your dog and, or your cat's heart if for some reason something was picked up. Well, it's going to be time for our news. So we'll be back with a second half of Pet Talk shortly. TIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back. We are in our second half of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And as I mentioned earlier, if you have a question that you're a little bit shy about coming on the air, even though we're very kind and we will, there is no question that is. Not important. Let me put it that way. And so you can always reach me at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, ct.com. That is our website. We've got some um, excellent information there about your pets and some great links for you as well. But, um, you know, they also have a section where it says contact us and questions will come through there. But we do have our open phone lines. And again, if we could probably uh, get you in or if you call now we'll probably be able to answer those calls today and we are going to have you call us at 800-966-9842 or 860-522-9842 and we will get you get you on the air the reason why we're to have a lot of heart music was yes we have valentine's day on monday which we have to be careful with certain items that some of you may be bringing into your homes uh, and we'll again review those before we uh, finish our show today uh, as well as the fact that the heart is such an important important um part of our health and whatever we can do to prevent disease is ideal Anything that your veterinarian is recommending is true. Even though you may not see symptoms of heart disease, even though your pet may not be in congestive heart failure, uh, we are re- recommending certain things for a reason. When we take that stethoscope and put it to the chest of your dog and your cat, we are listening not only for heart murmurs, which we discussed earlier, we're also listening at 
for uh, irregular heartbeats. We're looking for something that may, um, it should be a nice lub-dub sound, nice lub-dub. And again, if that's not the case, then we want to look deeper. Um, Also, if the heart is beating like irregular in terms of instead of it's a nice steady beat, it beats like five really quick and then one on not so good, then that's, um, then we start doing, looking at something like doing an EKG. But with all that, um, taking a little bit a step back i wanted to, i usually try to bring something that does come from the news and i you know i can't I, it just comes up on my feed but uh probably because there's some algorithm that's associated with me as a veterinarian but i did see in the um i think it was in dallas that there were five gorillas that tested positive for covid and when covid first hit in um, march of 2020 when i was there were um I was asked several times to either talk to the newspaper or be on the air with television or, or radio, just trying to say the big concern was, can we get COVID from our pets and can our pets give us COVID? And now that we have a, two years under our belt, we do know a little bit more than we did before. And even right from the beginning, anytime someone actually had COVID in the beginning and they were really sick, I always recommended that they not have their pet right on their lap, that they not, you know, kind of do the feeding, you know, just being careful because there's a lot that we didn't know. But again, I think that's still good advice. If you indeed do have COVID, try not to do a lot of snuggling with your pets at this point. Um, only a very small number of pets around the world actually have been reported to be infected with with the virus. Um, But it's almost always after contact with people that have had it. Uh, These gorillas are asymptomatic uh, and they're not showing any signs or watching them very carefully. But these individuals, um, this individual case itself, they do believe that when we see it in our, our big cats, when we see it at the zoos, that it's usually from the zookeepers themselves, even though certain protocols are put in place. But right now, that's where they think this is this is happening. Um, another, we've seen it at the Bronx Zoo, I believe, a couple of years ago, too, with some tigers and lions, snow leopards. There was also a mink farm, I believe, in Oregon, where they had a horrendous outbreak. And these mink, uh, the the animals themselves did get sick. So it was really something that we feel as humans, we are the ones that are exposing it to our pets. But right now, there this is there's no evidence, and I repeat, no evidence that our pets can give it to us. But let's just be careful. If we're contagious, we're especially those first five days that they talk about, let's just kind of let somebody else do the feeding and the hugging and let somebody else do the kissing, if at all possible. As promised, um, we will go to our phone lines and make sure that we talk to um, Doug. Doug, how are you today? Good. Um, yeah. I'm taking care of uh, my neighbor's cat. Okay. Uh, okay. It was a cat that he used to let out in the morning, and then we'd come back around 5 o'clock, and he'd feed it, and it'd stay in, but he lets it out every day. Mm-hmm. Now, with the weather being bad, he's been gone now for a couple of weeks, and I've been going down there taking care of his cat. And uh, I haven't let him out once, but he cries at the door, and he's getting better, and he's uh, getting used to me. I only spend about maybe a half an hour in the morning mm. and a half an hour at night with him. But he seems to adjust being an indoor cat, 
and I'm afraid to let him out because uh, I'm afraid he may not come back because he doesn't know me that well, but he's, he's getting better. And he's using but, the litter box appropriately, Doug? Yes, he, he eats well, yeah. and uh, he uses the litter box, he drinks, and I give him a little wet food at night. So when I come in, I call his name, and I bang the wet can with the spoon, and he knows that it's going to be a treat. So he runs, he follows me down, and I feed him, and I spend maybe half an hour with him, and he, he seems okay. But I'm just worried that whether warm weather's coming, he's going to want to go out. My neighbor will be back in a couple of months, but I don't want to let him out. No, and I don't think there's, I, I mean, I we don't let our cat out. And again, you're probably listening to some of the things that I have seen happen, um, the deaths, the injuries. Um, I don't think I see as many cats hit by car because I think so many people are keeping their cats inside versus when I first started practicing veterinary medicine. So um, I'm with you, Doug. Um, I I, the fact that he's not even looking outside, especially a day like today where, you know, you can just tell it, the, the weather feels differently. They do tend to adjust. I always worry more about the litter box situation that if a cat was out all day long, well, and that's probably where they go to the bathroom. Do they, will they go in an inappropriate place in the house? Will they start urinating right near the door or right near an open window? That's the thing that you kind of have to watch, but it sounds like he's doing just wait. Great. You're taking care of the litter box, scooping it out, keeping it clean, which I think is super important because that's what cats want most is a clean area to go to the bathroom. Right. You're doing the right thing. Um, yeah. You know, I hope he does want to stay in. And But I do think you have a good chance that he won't. But, but the question is going to be, when his owner comes home, what's his philosophy about this cat being outdoors? Yeah, I know. He told me, he says, you know, I just can't stand it. He cries at the door and I have to let him out. But I let him cry. And then I said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And I leave. And, uh <laughs> Oh, I got you. Well, I see. So he's when he's home because he's in the house with him. He just wants to go out. So when you're leaving at the when you're going home, does he like chase after you? No, he's getting better. When I when I walk around the front, I see him in the window. And he stares out the window for quite a while. <laughs> My cat stares out the window, too. She loves it when the birds start coming out and we have the little chipmunks and the squirrels. I mean, she's, but it's, if for some reason she ventured out or she got afraid, she gets afraid. So that's the other thing um, that's nice when they're kittens and you don't really expose them to the outside. And again, I know some people believe they need to be outdoors. They need to run around. I just am more concerned about their safety. But you're right, you're, you're transitioning him, and hopefully we can, you know, the treat about having something yummy around the house. The other suggestion I would make, and there's different things online that you can read, is because cats have to be mentally stimulated too. What can you do in the house? You're doing it with food, with nice canned food. You know, put that around the house. Put some toys, um, the laser. You know, try to make being indoors much more attractive so that we're not lazy, that we're not helping to entertain them. Okay, good. I would pass that on to the owner, but uh, thank you so much for trying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, you I have a you, thank you. Got a chance. Okay, thank you a lot, Doc. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So I think that, um, you know, Doug's, Doug's got the right, right, right state of mind on this. I think that, again, I know some people are going to criticize me for this, but it's just like any, you remember when people used to like have these walkers for babies where you could kind of like walk, they would walk and they had wheels on them and then they took them off the market. 
because we saw how many injuries, or especially emergency rooms saw how many injuries these these uh, little walkers, the babies would go down the stairs and, and hurt, and even death could sometimes be um, involved. You know, when you know something is safer not to do or not to use, why not do it? And that's that's the perspective I'm coming from. All right, so we have uh, one more break uh, before our show ends, and I can't believe it's it's almost over. But please um, stay tuned because you're going to be back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC News Talk 1080. You're back with Pet Talk. I hope I hit the right button. <laughs> the music just seemed to end. Um, okay, so we're doing just great. Um, no, there he goes. Um, I think I hit the wrong button. They still do that, you know, because of, uh, I guess it hasn't been a consistent being here in the studio. But having said that, we will be more consistent. Weather's going to be good coming up, I hope. You're listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. And we are going to um, have Lori Fass here to answer your training questions next week. And I'll be back the week after that. So uh, we with 10 minutes left to go. And Rich, please stay. Do not hang up, Rich, because I want to take your call. But I just wanted to finish up on um, one of the thoughts that came up earlier. And with the Valentine's uh, issue and Valentine's Day, we know that there's certain things that people like to buy. They have, and most of this also is going to spill over into things that are going to be out in your homes with Super Bowl and having people over. And also in my household, we have a birthday that's coming up, a very special birthday this weekend too, or um, technically Monday. But remember chocolate. And some of you have heard me talk about this ad nauseum, but many of you do have new pets and don't really understand what it is about the chocolate. Um, is all chocolate bad? The best thing is just if you get it as a gift or you want to give it as a gift, put it up high because dark chocolate is absolutely the worst for our dogs. But then you've got milk chocolate and then um, white chocolate basically has very little in there. But all chocolate, because rather than kind of keep track of how much you need to eat to be dangerous to our dogs and cats, just put it up high and and. If you're giving it to someone that has pets in the house, just kind of remind them. Um, flowers is a big, big uh, gift this time of year. I actually told my family that I don't really want flowers this because I have a cat that she wants to eat them. And she and I always have to put them up high where you can't really see them or bring them to work. And even though we're a veterinary hospital, we don't our the the pets can't see the houses the the flowers, but things like the thorns at the edge on the roses or um, any of the the flowers those can be very dangerous. They chew on them or they scratch their eyes or corneas. Uh, baby's breath can be very um, uncomfortable for their stomachs. You want to stay away from lilies too. We talked many times about lilies and cats causing acute kidney failure, daffodils, hydrangeas. Um, and if you feel that you want to send flowers or bring flowers to someone that is absolutely that no one can talk you out of out of it, just ask the florist if they can try to put something together that is um, as 
the least amount of danger to pets. They have these pet-friendly uh, flower arrangements that they'll put together, and that would be worth asking as well, especially because flowers are nice. I'm not trying to be um, an ogre about this, but again, I'm talking about pet safety first. And if you do get flowers, your my cat will get about as high as I can put it on any countertop. Just put them even higher. So think outside the box how you can keep them nice and safe. The other thing is if you're going to have a gift with wrapping, you know, things like have streamers and ribbons, cats find that like catnip. They are so attracted to string and ribbons. So those of you that have new kittens and that are now maybe even young adults, just don't have yarn out and about, string, those type of things just can be extremely, extremely dangerous. And then the last thing, and this kind of leads towards this, uh, the Super Bowl, the last thing is alcohol, putting a beer down on the floor um, or even a low uh, coffee table. Those type of things are also very dangerous to dogs and cats. Do not have alcohol available to them. Enjoy your parties. Enjoy your Valentines. But again, let's make sure our kitty and doggies are as safe as possible. Hey, thanks for being patient, Rich. Hi. Hey. How lucky am I? My wife is allergic to flowers. <laughs> you save a little money. <laughs> I'll go quickly. I know you're up against it. Uh, it's okay. Uh, a, a fox, our very quiet neighborhood right near an elementary school. Uh, a fox was standing right in the intersection of two very quiet streets, just looking confused at about 9 o'clock in the morning, mm. and uh, not which not seemed to be confused, not drooling or anything, or mm-hmm. thinking about uh, uh, rabies, but they, fox usually operate after dark, right? Is that unusual to see them in broad daylight like that, and could it be rabid? That's the first part of my question. Yeah. I think um, you know anything has the potential in terms of having rabies. I think we don't see it that often in fox. Um, raccoons, for sure. Raccoons, we, we see it quite often here in the New England. Uh, actually, actually started with this uh, specific species um, in uh, New Jersey. But I do think um, I would call animal control, uh, again, especially when one is looking confused. There's other diseases that can also affect the brain. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. So I think, but your observation and what you're what you're like sort of telling us, I, I would always call it animal control and they would, they would let us let you know, but you're right. They're mostly out in the, uh, in the evening time. Um, and again, it does, you don't have to have seizures with rabies. You don't have to have just the, where they're unable to control their, their drool or they can't swallow. That's usually the end stage. I think something like being out at time of day when they're not normally out and about, or if you make noise and they don't move, that's the type of thing that where I start to worry about this may be a, a sick fox. Were there any babies around? I mean, could, Yeah, little kids. There's an elementary school there, and a par- right. uh, mother's pushing a stroller with a, with a, with a tiny tot as, as the uh, second graders walking alongside who they're walking to school, and we have second graders. And uh, have a fox ever been known, to your knowledge, to attack a child? I don't know. You know, I bet that's something I would have to look up. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, same thing with us. I, Plus, we're also, Rich, I'm also looking at this because you're not that far from where I live. Mm. Um, You know, we are learning how to live with our wildlife, um, to go on those walking trails. And years ago, we weren't really concerned about a bear. 
you know, attacking the dogs as we're walking along or attacking, you know, even a, a person. And But we do see that this can sometimes happen. It is rare, but you always have to feel that we just can't trust the wildlife themselves. We can't trust it. You, that's why people that um, try to approach them because they're so cute or the cubs, I mean, it's just common sense is that they're animals and for whatever reason whether it's their health or whether they're frightened you know that they can turn yeah we need definitely to tell the kids don't approach them i right. just wondered if they might might attack and you know i just didn't know whether let the kids you know sort of walk to school by themselves or walk with them i did take a shovel and walk with them oh but- my goodness but i would you know what animal control is really excellent for this um it's, it's actually um you're in massachusetts right Right. But just I would reach out on Monday and then also I would re- reach out to the administrator of the schools, too, just to let them know what you observed. Yep. Cause this did go to the schoolyard. It went to the schoolyard and then into the woods behind the schoolyard. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, again, it's nothing that I feel we want to panic, but let's you let's let people know. And especially if you see it again. Uh, and because, again, is there a den nearby or are there babies nearby that she's protecting? She was, uh, it was uh, right out in the middle of the street. Yeah. Well, that's why I think there was some confusion. That I, I really do think, and again, if um, you didn't try to scare it, so I don't know what its reaction would have been, but yeah. definitely those would be the two areas I would concentrate on contacting school administration and, and animal control. And even though the animal control may say, well, then you've got to con- uh, have the, go to the Department of, cons- of um, oh gosh, it escapes me, but at least they'll guide you to the next step. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Well, thanks for the, uh, the, advice. the advice. And yes, we do plan to contact Animal Control in a moment to make a call. And uh, so you must be in Southwick or Enfield or something. Uh, like that. I'm actually I live in Simsbury, but the hospital's in Bloomfield. Right, but right. you know, but it's just like you know, I could throw a stone. It feels like to Massachusetts. Yep, we're in and Westfield. I and I'm a um, I'm a real fan of aviation. So oh, okay. uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I really love that that type of stuff. If I, I've told many people if I didn't become a veterinarian, I wanted to um, be a pilot. So that was my choice number two. Well, it's a good hobby. <laughs> I don't have time for that kind of hobby right now, but maybe when I retire. Survive COVID, you can become a pilot. Okay, thank you for saying so, Rich. Hey, listen, have a good weekend and be safe. Thanks for the info and the show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Yeah, I really did. Or even the last choice was going to be if I could um, be uh, the one that guided. You, uh, Anthony, you know those lights that they use when you have the um, the big uh, uh, transporters and kind of get them to go where they have to park? That was going to be what I wanted to do. Number three was on my list. Yeah, like the guiding, uh, yes. you know, airplane guiders. <laughs> I think it's all about control and feeling powerful. But, uh, yeah, so thank you very much, um, Anthony Dorenzo, for um, guiding me through this show. I look forward to talking to most of you again in in a couple of weeks. And anything that you feel that you want me to kind of bring to the show, something you want me to discuss, just send that that email to BloomfieldAnimalHospitalCT.com. And topics, uh, you know, I I would love to talk about what you want to hear about. Well, again, thank you so much, and we will see you next time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.